My next guest is a college football legend from the University of Southern California. I want to welcome on also a longtime NFL running back, Mr. Lendale White. Lendale, how are we doing? I'm good, brother. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good, man. I, I miss football. I know we're good. We're nearing training camp, but like home run derby was great last night, but like baseball doesn't do it for me. No, nah, listen, uh, if if baseball did it for me too, I would have been smarter and probably been, still been playing baseball. But shit, there's nothing like when uh, August rolls around and, you know, you get them pads on the kids start hitting. I'm actually about to go to my nephew's practice here in a little bit. They actually, um, you know, hit their first day of hitting today. So okay. I can't wait to see that, man. It's going to be pretty fun. So I feel like, because I'm thinking about like the sports calendar and obviously like fall, everything's going on. I feel like you should push NBA back to like January. That way, this dead period now, which is basketball, because the weather doesn't matter. It's indoors. Yeah, I was talking to my friends uh, a couple months ago about that. Remember when uh, basketball started up later yeah. last year? Yeah. And it was over. I definitely like that schedule, man. It gives us something. I mean, I'm a basketball guy, definitely a football guy. Um, I could sprinkle some damn hockey in there, but you know, baseball. Really? Hockey. Yeah. Mm, hockey. I mean, baseball is just so long, though, man. I know. So, like WNBA, but you yeah. know, like, yeah, I'm a football and basketball guy. Because I'm sitting here watching the Derby last night, and I'm like, all right, maybe we should bring steroids back because these home runs are incredible. And my, my father's like, it's it's not fair. I'm like, if everybody's doing it, it's fair. Right. Yeah. Give everybody the opportunity. Yeah. Fair, yeah. right? I don't care about three, two. I want to see 15 homers in one game. Then I'll, then, then I'm going. No, right. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I'm, if they were hitting home runs like that more often back, like with Sammy and um, uh, what's that? Mark McGuire. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for sure. Yeah. No, it's crazy. It's crazy. So I want to ask about your alma mater. Obviously big news a couple weeks, weeks ago, they made the move with UCLA. They're going to the big 10. What were your initial thoughts? My initial thoughts were, you know, I was kind of shocked at first just because, you know, we, we are, uh, you know, we've been a Pac-10 or Pac-12 uh, people for so long. So when we, we initially got the news, I was kind of shocked. But then when I thought about it and just started thinking about, like, you know, the, the progress we're making as far as the whole university and what Mike Bowen and Lincoln Riley are, you know, trying to do, it only makes sense. You want to play against the best, being, you know, one of the better conferences. You know, we're not saying that, you know, SEC, but, you know, the teams add up. When you look at Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, you know, ourselves now, you know, we're going to be able to hold our own weight. So I, I like this move for us. Um, and not to mention, I'm pretty sure we're going to make a lot more money annually. So it only makes sense. When you when you were playing and you guys had, like, long-distance games, like what's the farthest you guys would go out? I went out to Virginia Tech. We went okay, down so, to, so what's the we, for that week, what's the, what's the schedule like for the week? When do you guys fly out there? Um, I think sometimes, you know, Pete Carroll was a little different. He, he understood, you know, the logistics of games. So um, if we did play Saturday and we had to fly all the way out east, you know, he probably would let us leave. Um, we'll probably leave Friday and um, instead of, or no, what was it? We'll probably leave Thursday. I'm sorry, Thursday. I'm, I'm thinking about in a NFL schedules. We'll probably leave Thursday um, night get there, or get Thursday afternoon, get there Thursday night, you know what I mean? Practice Friday. So we'll um, already have that day under us, and then we'll get to the game Saturday. You know, usually you leave Friday night, land, you play the next day. But, you know, he'll probably give you that extra day in between just to get a little bit adjusted. And I, I really believe that, you know, we'll probably do the same stuff if we have to travel all the way out east, as will, you know, Penn State or, you know, Ohio State if they have to come out west. I mean, these coaches are advanced. That's why they're head coaches of these universities, because they know how to make those hard calls and what they need to do to prepare their team for the next um, step, you know, and I don't really care as an 18 year old, 19 year old kid. We don't care. We're getting on a plane. It might be a three or four hour flight, but once we get off that, we're not really thinking about jet lag or being tired. We want to go out there and kick some ass. So it is what it yeah. is. So do you think the pressure is really on the other big 10 schools that have never made the West coast trip? 
Um, yes and no. I mean, yes, the same way they ask you, like, how do you play in the winter or what are they going to do when you go in no November? It's like, yeah, we, we play in Corvallis. We play in Oregon, Eugene. We play in um, Washington State, Pullman. Those are, you know, teams up in the Northwest that it gets really cold, too. You know what I mean? So what about these teams that have never had to play in 80-degree weather in November? You know what I mean? And they got to come out there and play a day game. It's just going to be fun to see. I just like the difference now. I like the fact that you might get a snow game. You might get some sleet in there. There's, I love this. You know, I mean, competition is – if you want to be the best, you got to play and stuff like that. When you get to the next level, the league and stuff – it don't matter if you well, Bill Belichick. I mean, I know for certain if you if you whatever you practice in or you play in, you're gonna practice in. So if it's uh, a blizzard going on outside, if you think you're gonna go indoors, you're not. You know what I mean? You're gonna practice outside because that's what you plan. And I think these kids are gonna be ready for it. That's just not. I don't think that's really a big concern, honestly. Yeah, and obviously, look, kind of football. I mean, they really haven't gotten started yet. But looking at them in the Big Ten, where do you think they kind of stack up? You talking about USC? US, yeah. Yeah, come on now. Think, stack, I feel like we stack up on the top. No, I mean, I get, yeah, where would you rank them between them, Ohio State, Michigan right now? I, well, I don't believe Michigan's in the talk. I'm not no disrespect to them, but like right now, like they had a good last year, but before then, come on. Um, Ohio State's definitely in the rankings, but I feel like, you know, once we get this train rolling, we get there in a couple of years, we'll be right with Ohio State. <laughs> so to yeah. be up on A and they could be one or, you know, one B, but I don't really see us falling off that that bad you know I really don't believe it and especially when you change it to this different conference you get different recruiting you know these different players start seeing us in their different hometowns you get different fans and they want to start coming out west you know when, when you look at some of these kids and they're staying in Ohio State or they're staying in Michigan Ann Arbor have they ever really been to Hollywood have they ever seen what LA has to offer I don't know so listen I think we'd be able to flip some of their recruits get some of their players to come out West and yeah, we'll be dominating the big 10, just like we dominate the back. So I want to ask you, I saw some interview you were doing is telling some fun story about coach. O, and you guys were messing with the water boy. What, what happened with that? No, we used to call, we called one of the players, man, a water boy. Oh, it, it wasn't a water boy. It was a player. Oh, it was actual, like a linebacker, but he used to, he, he looked like, you know, the why he looked like, uh, whatever okay. yeah, yeah. Bobby would say, and we used to mess with him and make the noise, man. And, and coach O could not stand it. And, he, you know, like if, if somebody would make that noise or try it, you know, he'll rip his shirt off. I'm like, hey, come say that to me, man. Come, come try that shit with me. You know what I mean? And we all would laugh, you know, get over it. But yeah, Coach O, he never messed around, man. We definitely respect him. And he was probably one of the reasons why our team at USC used to go so well, because he was kind of like the authority guy. People would be a little nervous in him sometimes. Did he recruit you? Yeah, Ed O. Um, you had Lane Kiffin. You had uh, Steve Sarkeesian, you know, yeah, Brennan Carroll. Um, um, the story about Brennan Carroll, he actually went to school with my um, my big cousin, my older cousin um, at the University of Pitt. And that's how Pete Carroll got my high school highlight tape. And, you know, <laughs> long story short, I ended up becoming the Trojan because of that. That's why. Was, was, um, was Coach O, was he finding like the kind of the crawfish spots out in L.A. or was he kind of get shipping that shit over? Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure back then – I think like maybe his wife probably was cooking some good stuff because you know they all was from the south. So yeah, if you need any good food, Coach O still know how to get the hookups on the on the grub for sure. That's incredible. So I was talking to talking to your former teammate Lofa Tatupa. Apparently, you guys got into it after a loss at Cal. What happened there? Um, you yeah, we just uh, we lost the game, and you know I felt like 
I just thought that if I was in the game, things would have went differently, you know, and I was talking big crap, you know what I mean? And he's like, you know, you don't, he was, he was mad at me because obviously we just lost. And he's like, look at this freshman talking shit, like he can really do, you know, a better job or whatever. And, you know, lo and behold, the next week I start, um, I had like 130 or something, a couple touchdowns and I set a freshman record. So, you know, I guess that young freshman knew what he was talking about. When did you know that you and Reggie were going to be something special in the backfield? Um, when I seen Reggie down in um, San Antonio at the All-American game before we committed to USC, I kind of figured that. It's like when you see what he was able to do, you know, um, I see we were seeing some of his highlights. And when you realize what he could really do it, along with myself, just because we were just we, we were similar in the fact that we wanted to win and do great things, but we were automatically different. You know, he's 180 pounds or 190. I'm 225 pounds at the time. So we were just different backs then. You know, if you look at the game, then we were going to be able to do different things. So I knew that I could, you know, bruise him up, you know what I mean, in the sense of run through him a little bit and he could run around him. And once we really caught on to what, you know, Pete Carroll wanted, you know, thunder and lightning took off and we played in three straight national championship games. <laughs> was Snoop always around the, around the program back when you guys were there? Well, yeah, Snoop was definitely a friend of the program. He, I mean, he used to come in a lot, but we honestly, we, I used to go over to his house and hang out with him a lot more than, he would be around at the program, man. He was definitely a good dude. And um, when I say look out, people don't, they buy, oh, he gave him money and stuff like that. It was more like, you know, just, he was more of a, like a, a big brother giving us knowledge of like the game of, you know, how to navigate certain things and how to, you know, live your life in LA or, you know, just be kind of like a, a little celebrity in your own right and, and how to, you know, maintain that stuff. I remember, you know, when Reggie was, going up for the Heisman and stuff. And he gave me an idea, like, you know, that let's like support him 120%, you know, he got me, um, he, well, he got to do the premiums for shirts that I ended up paying to do it or whatever. And, you know, it was just like the fact that he came up with that idea was unreal, you know, and it, it, it was a good look for me, man. So yeah, Snoop was a big brother and he definitely, you know, gave us great advice, man. And I, you know, I, I don't think I could thank him a million times for what he was able to do for me. What's your best Snoop story that you can tell that no one's going to get in trouble for? Oh, well, there's my best Snoop story when I went to the Playboy Mansion after I, this is when I was done at USC. He had uh, called me in asking me if I wanted to go somewhere with him. He, he, it was a surprise. And, you know, when I get there, I'm at the Playboy Mansion. And, yeah, you can only imagine what was going on there. <laughs> That's incredible. That's wild. That's amazing. Uh, it's, and then so um, getting to um, get, when you get to the league, what was it like kind of playing with Chris Johnson? How did you guys kind of find that kind of that chemistry? Well, man, it's crazy because, um, you know, I, I, I get done in this situation with Reggie and then, you know, I end up going into the NFL and then you, you run into somebody like Chris Johnson, you kind of like in the same situation again. But then um, you you get to know somebody so well and he becomes like a brother over time. And, you know, me and him became locked in. It's crazy that you, you, you act about him because uh, as you speak, I'm really down at his house in Florida right now. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm out, you know, little guest room doing this interview. He's up in the living room, but awesome. right now, man, it's crazy because after life of football, we've locked in um, tremendously. Um, I call his family my family. That's awesome. Actually, his sons asked the nephews. I'm about to go watch practice. Oh, cool. I got, you know, he called. We're all locked in. We're we're a family, and it's crazy because we actually got the Smashing Dads podcast coming soon. That's awesome. Yeah, we locked in. We're going to be talking about any and everything you can imagine, man, whether it be girls, money, food, you know, life of, you know, athletes before, in the middle, after football. So, yeah, 
I'm locked in with my brother, man. That's, you know, that's my guy. We're smashing dash for life. Um, and yeah, that, that's forever be my brother. And then, you know, also I got that USC podcast going, you know, with yeah. Chris. So yeah, man, I'm, you know, I'm going to be podcasting my ass that's awesome. off. Trying to make these plays happen. So, so I saw a story I want you to verify it. Apparently you walked into a Dave and Buster's one time, ordered chicken wings, nachos, 75, 75 shots of Patron, drank it and walked out 30 minutes later. Is that true? Man, if I don't know where some of these people make up these half ass stories, but listen, it happens. But I ain't never did that. And if I ever ordered 75 shots of Patron, at least 40 of my teammates was with me. And we all, you know what I mean? If, if what people think is like when they hear these stories, they're like, oh, they walked in the club and ordered 80 bottles. They did this, they did that, right? Not realizing that at the end of the day, if I'm with 30 of my teammates and we order four bottles that cost whatever it costs, $300 a piece, how, many, how much money do you really think I spent? Come on. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But I'm not that ignorant to, I would never walk in somewhere, order 70 shots and 30 minutes later be out unless I was on a stretch of somewhere. That sounds absolutely absurd. No, I ordered five, six shots of Crown Royal a couple months ago. I felt like fucking like a baller. The lady was looking at me like, you want six? I'm like, yeah, let's fucking do it. Um, no, that's, that's, that's crazy. Man, I'm you after those six shots though. So imagine 75. Yeah. No, that you have the whole tray. Everybody's looking at this lady at Dave and Buster's like, wait a minute, you don't want any tokens? You want this shit? No, that, that's fucking. So, so I saw that you, you're a big tequila guy and you you cut out tequila at one point and lost a fuck ton of weight. How did that work out? Yeah, that was cat, man. Um, really, you know, back in those days, you um, there was, a, there, there was a thing called the program as far as, you know, smoking weed and whatnot. So really, I couldn't smoke weed. And when you don't smoke weed, your appetite is all over the place, you know, and I just said I started drinking tequila, you know, because I couldn't really tell the truth. But yeah, that was a cap. Um, um, definitely couldn't couldn't uh, smoke weed anymore. So the appetite, you know, used to go all over the place. And, you know, and I used to uh, always they used to stuff also used to help with, you know, like pain. Bro, it was just it was a crazy time because when you look at it, like how they're starting to now allow certain things when we use it, it's like, if it's such a bad drug and it doesn't help you, why would you ban it? Or why would you ban somebody? If it really can't help you, then, you know, why can't you use it? But, you know, it was a rule and, you know, I broke it. But at that time I couldn't smoke. So once I couldn't <laughs> smoke anymore, I lost like, you know, about 20, 30 pounds. And it's fucking crazy. Yeah, I thought it was like no calories or something. Cause every time I'm going to get like, if I'll get like a, like a, what do you call it? like soda water and, and tequila? They're like, oh yeah, this is the healthy option. No, it's it's got shit in there. Oh yeah, yeah, man. You can't all that stuff turns into cigarette, <laughs> right? So there's no way in hell you can't drink that. Yeah, that was that that story, Cat. Man, I ain't stopped drinking, you know, tequila. I don't think ever, <laughs> whether it be Patron, Don Julio, Neo, something like that. Patron and Neo, yeah, that's my stuff, man. So yeah, that that story was Cap. Um, that definitely was a Cap story. <laughs> I got it. Uh-huh. I'm telling the truth about that one now. <laughs> That's why. So that 08 season with you and Chris is going crazy. What was that like? Oh, man, that, that's when, you know, we originated the smash and dash. It was crazy, man. You know, when you when you see a guy like him come in as a, as a um, rookie and he's able to put pressure on defenses like that, you know, I was used to it like with Reggie, so I've seen it before. So just getting out there and able to just be able to open up more lanes or be, get the ball and not have to worry about so many defenders in the box, man, it was unbelievable. I loved every bit of it. And then, you know, you got Vince Young coming in there doing this thing. Yeah, we, it was unreal. That, when you think about those times as football, it was, um, 
it's different because now, you know, I don't think they really run the ball like that. And I think the teams that do still are Titans, you know, we don't still have success. So yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy, man. When you think about where football is compared to back then, you had to run the ball. Now it's throw the ball 50, 60 times. Can you believe what Derrick Henry's doing for the Titans now? Not at all. When you see how big that guy is, man, and, and the fact that, you know, the Tennessee Titans, the one thing we will do, we draft unbelievable running backs. That's what we do. Um, when you think about, you know, Earl back in the day, Eddie George, um, myself, I feel like, <laughs> I'm not sorry, Chris Johnson, Derrick Henry. Yeah, when you think about our history of, you know, drafting great running backs or somebody that's going to do something special, it, it, it doesn't surprise me at all. I and mean, then when you see what he was able to do at um, Alabama <laughs> and then high school, <laughs> Nah, yeah, Derek Henry was made for this moment, man, for sure. Yeah, and then I want to ask you, so we got a lot of great backs in the game today. In no particular order, who do you think top top five running backs in the NFL? Top five running backs right now in the NFL. Oh, Derek Henry, I'm going to go Derek Henry number one. Um, oh, man, it's rough out there right now because a lot of the guys that you really love or I like right now, they – been kind of injured or you know like not haven't really finished a lot of the season so all right if healthy if healthy top five i feel like saquon ezekiel elliott um you know alvin Kamara, um and you know leonard fournette those are you like fournette I, fournette I and i heard about a story about him being you know over what i guess man what people don't understand is like he's a running back and he takes a lot of beating i like a bigger running back especially if you can maintain your speed or maintain how you play and be physical because guess what those linebackers do not want to hit they rather hit a 225 pound fournette than a 245 pound fournette because it's just different fortune i guarantee you that yeah that's incredible and then can you talk about um the podcast you're doing with believe about the usc can plug that a little bit oh yeah well it's me myself and my my home girl kristen lago um, and we're, you know, this is everything about USC football that you can imagine. We got old players coming on. We had Sean Cody on a few weeks ago. Cool. Um, well, you know, I got all the plug when it comes to some dynasty members myself. So I can, you know, get, you know, Matt Liner, Steve Smith, whoever we need on the show. We're going to have like, you know, the Malachi Nelsons. We're going to have um, some Z- Z- Zach Branches. Like we're going to have some kids. Like we, it's, it's everything current, new, old, whatever you want to think about when it comes to USC football. That's what we're talking about. And we're going, I'm going to give you nothing but, you know, the real. I'm not going to hide, you know, what it should be or how you think it should be. I'm telling you how I how I feel and what I know because I've experienced it. That's I got one last question for you. Can you tell me the story? What happened with the dummy? Oh, yeah. That was a <laughs> story when, uh, man, me and, uh, me and Reggie actually got called to the office and Pete Carroll was trying to um, pull a stunt. And he was asking somebody, like, uh, like which one of us is going to be the guy to do it. And at first he asked Reggie to do it, but he was just like, it ain't going to be, you know, believable with Reggie because of our personalities. He's like, I need you to do it, Lindell. So, you know, the whole time I'm at practice, only me, Reggie and Pete know, and uh, our equipment manager, Tino, um, shout out to Tino. That's my big brother still to this day. And he still works there, but um, it was a, a story where um, only, only us four knew, but at the whole time in practice, I'm complaining. I'm in practice just talking shit. I'm like, Y'all need to give me the, more, the ball more. If you give me the ball, you know, we're going to make sure, you know, we'll win faster. We ain't got to worry about nothing. You know, I'm just talking the whole time. And the coaches keep looking at me like, man, what's wrong with this kid? Like, like usually he talking stuff, but today he's just on one. And I just keep going. I keep going. And Lane Kiffin's like, Wendell, if you don't want to be a part of this team, then you don't need to do it. And I'm like, man, shut up. You know what I mean? Just talking shit. And then finally, I'm like, I mean, I quit. So I walk off the field. 
and I leave, but outside, um, when I get there, Tino's outside, so he drives me around to a building. I go all the way upstairs, you know, on the elevator or whatnot, and I get outside to, to the top of the roof, and I yell to my teammates, and they can see me, and they're looking at the top of the roof, like, yo, what's this man doing? I'm like, man, I don't need y'all. This team is, you know, full of crap or whatever, man, I quit. And I, like, as I say that, man, like, I drop down, and as I drop down, Tino throws a dummy over the rail, I mean, over the roof. So it basically looks like I commit suicide. <laughs> Thinking about it now, like when it happened, it was like, you know, funny as hell. But like, yeah. if we did that shit now, we probably would have never been able to play another game. Thinking about how sensitive it is now. Yeah, we, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what PC was thinking, but, <laughs> but at the time. So it was with, a- with who, who, who is the creator? I think was it, is it, was it Pete's idea? Yeah, this is all PC, like. Nicky Pete was a crazy dude, man. But while it was happening, it was awesome, man. I heard you guys had the jersey on it and everything, make it look yeah, the real deal. It, dummy. it had 21, everything. It was, I, it was dressed to exactly like how I was dressed. But once I went down, the dummy went over. And, you know, all you could hear was like, <gasps> kids was like, you know, like, you know, they was shocked at first. And I remember a few of my um, teammates, the teens, they were twin brothers. They were in shock. They was like, I can't believe they were crying and stuff. They had no idea. And, you know, once I finally went back over there, like, it was a crazy sigh of relief. But, you know, yeah, at the time it was kind of funny. But thinking back on it, I don't know if we probably should have did it. <laughs> I heard the head flew off the dummy and that kind of gave it away. Yeah, I mean, I don't – I didn't. I wasn't on the ground, so I don't remember seeing all that. I was up top, man. I just remember hearing reactions and stuff. That's wild. That's wild, man. Oh, well, how can people follow you on social? Really appreciate you taking the time today. Oh, yeah, on my social, man, um, Showcase White on Instagram – um at the real lindell at the real underscore lindell on twitter um i think that's really all the socials i'm on but yeah you got the smash and dash podcast coming soon and then the usc podcast with Kristen lago yeah make sure y'all check it out and make sure y'all support um and listen usc we're on our way back y'all so fight on awesome man awesome man well can't thank you enough for taking the time they can't wait for football season to get rolling around because there's not shit to do right now like they're just trying to make these little stories out of nothing. I'm like, we need, we need games. Like how, how much would you pay right now to watch a shitty Thursday night football game? Like it. Uh, yeah. Like I, I could play like a pay-per-view. I'd, I'd pay like a pay-per-view price right now to watch a game that I would never watch. Pay 60 bucks to watch. Yeah. And um, like, I don't know. Yeah. Who, who stinks. I don't know. There's a few sorry teams. Out Seahawks, there. Seahawks. And yeah. I'm just gonna be, I'll I'll watch this year. Cleveland and Seahawks. I'll play, yeah. I'll pay 60 bucks to watch. Like, it's Even. Like, even like a 12-7 game, I would it would be heaven for me, man. Incompletions like- and punts, I'd be like, bring it. I need this shit, man. I need this shit. Yeah, but I can't, yeah. but I do appreciate the time. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely.